It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Welcome in. Happy Monday to you. Time for a little Sports 56 Mornings on this Monday, November 13th, 2023. We are zeroing in on Thanksgiving. Football is really heating up with a lot of implications for bowls and the playoffs, and we will recap that today as uh, just one of the topics that we'll get into on this Three-hour extravaganza. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you. We are in the Family Leisure Studios, Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Again, the overstock sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Take advantage of great deals just in time for the holiday season. Currently, it's a robust 43 degrees, but the sun is shining. And we're looking at a high today of about 70 or 71 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies tonight, partly cloudy with a low dipping down to about 48, and then sunny tomorrow with a high near 69 degrees. Yes, college football, just one of the topics today. We'll get into a great win for the Memphis Tigers basketball team on Friday, coming from behind to win against the Missouri Tigers in Columbia. We'll recap the NFL weekend with one game to go. Tonight's Monday night game between the Broncos and the Bills. We have... College football coaching firings, tis the season, and a surprise, surprise in College Station, Texas that we'll talk about. Barrett Salee will join us to talk college football at 825. And the Grizzlies get off the schneid yesterday with a win in Los Angeles after Friday's loss and an epic rant by head coach Taylor Jenkins, who got fined as expected by the NBA. We'll talk a little Memphis women's soccer as they move into the second round of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. And we'll take your calls and your texts at 901-360-8255. That's the Sports 56 listener lines. You can also hit us up with a comment, a question, a concern on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. SportsMemphis.com is the website to hit us up if you have any comments to make. And there is a lot, as I said, to talk about on this Monday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. First of all, let me bring in my co-host, my partner for many, 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 many years, Eli Savoy. How are you? I am uh, fantastic. You have a good weekend? I had a, uh, yeah, it was a really good weekend. A couple of hustle games, got their season started. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was good, good, good times. Did they win both games? Uh, they went one one They won Friday night. They lost on Saturday night. Um, G.G. Jackson um, was terrific in both games. Nice, which is a, nice to know. Which is a good sign. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun to get their their season off and rolling. Third member of our triumphant, Mister Zach Boyd, producing the program from the other side of the glass. Zach, how are you? We're doing good. What you do this weekend? Uh, pretty much nothing. That's good. Sometimes those weekends are good, right? Yes. Kick back, yes, relax, maybe watch a little too. Like, it felt like the last five or six weeks for me was just mm-hmm. filled with stuff I had to mm-hmm. do. So it was good to kind of have a 
plane weekend. And it's only going to get busier with the holidays right yes. around the corner. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody had a great weekend. And as I said, it's uh, a lot going on, a lot going on in the world of sports. I was kind of debating on you know where I want to start things off. I mean, there's a lot from the NFL world that I want to get into, but we usually save that until hour number three. So let's begin with football. Let's begin with college football. Let's begin with the Memphis Tigers and another game for the, not for the faint of heart, as they defeat the Charlotte 49ers, their first ever meeting with Charlotte on the football field, winning in Charlotte by the count of 44 38 in overtime. If you expect it, a walk in the park for Memphis, it's just not in their DNA. Not this season. But the motto in the spring and the motto in August camp was finish. Simply finish, which they haven't been able to do recently last year. They weren't able to finish some games. This year, with the exception of Tulane and Missouri, they never really had the lead in that game. I mean, Missouri obviously beat them in a close game. They're the only two losses for Memphis, two top 25 losses, but they're finishing. Yes, yes, it's a look. I we always invite you to be a part of the show, always love to hear from you guys, but really save it if you're going to say, Oh, you know, it's an ugly win. It's a win, I don't care. It's a win. And now they set up themselves for an absolute showdown with a team that is leaving the conference, SMU, this Saturday at 11 o'clock at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. It doesn't guarantee you you'll be in the championship game, but you've taken a major step, whoever walks out of here, with the dub. But Memphis almost, Eli, we're not in that situation for us to talk about today because Charlotte had a 10-point lead with seven minutes to go. But once again... Memphis found a way. Seth Hennigan banged up and all, was able to lead the team down the field. Tanner Gillis ties it up with 35 seconds to go with a field goal. And then in the overtime, after a missed field goal by Charlotte, it was the running of Blake Watson. Scores the game winner and the six-point dub for Memphis to improve to 8-2, and 5-1 in the conference. Yeah, um, I'm still not even really sure how they won the game. Uh, honestly, like when they went down the, the second time by 10, I thought they were done. Um, it is a bottom line business. You, you win, you win games. That's all you can do. But, uh, this defense does not give me a whole lot of hope against SMU. <laughs> I'll be honest. As I said last week, that's a really bad Charlotte offense. And luckily their quarterback is bad enough to just kept throwing the ball to Memphis. I mean, they're, you should never give up that many points for that Charlotte offense. Um, and I had wondered, I, I wanted to see, like, I don't know, like, okay, maybe it's just the fact that they had played some good offenses and that's why they've given up all these points. No, this defense has some real issues. Um, and I don't know how they're going to stop SMU. <laughs> like, I really don't. I, SMU's offense is so much better than Charlotte's offense, it's not even funny. Now, Charlotte is, that's one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen where they have a running back who runs for almost 200 yards who did not have a carry on the year and had one career carry. He I, was fifth on the like depth I, chart. Hashawn I, Wilson. Sean Wilson. The, the top two guys on the depth chart 
don't appear, and mm-hmm. then you go to the third guy in the depth chart and the fifth guy. In the like when Ryan Sutterfield talked about the depth charts meaning nothing last week. Clearly, at the running back position, the running back, the depth chart meant absolutely nothing. I don't even know what the heck that was. But and then, but for the Tigers to give up 200 yards almost to that guy who's fifth on the depth chart, I mean that that's like that that's beyond craziness. I don't even. I really don't. Know. I don't. I don't know what to make of this team because. The defense is just really, really bad, but they do keep finding a way somehow to pull these games out and win them. Well, the defense, it's crazy because in the second half of games, for some reason, the defensive line gets worn down and they're able to run the ball at will. As you mentioned, this fifth string running back, Wilson, 24 carries, 198 yards and three touchdowns. And finally, Biff Pogey and his offensive coordinator figured out Let's not have our quarterback throw the ball unless it's to a wide-open tight end because tight ends are always open. They didn't throw the ball to a wide receiver because he's getting picked off. The Memphis defense had four interceptions. One was returned for a touchdown by Chandler Martin. So they still made big plays while getting diced up in the second half. But when they needed it the most, in the fourth quarter, Memphis down 10, then they come back to make it a three-point game, and they need a defensive stop. And they get a defensive stop. And, you know, people say the bend, not break. No, they break a lot. They break a lot, this defense. They are broken. And the way Memphis wins games is by outscoring opponents. That's the way they do it. But there's still these opportune times in the game when they have to make a play, and they make a play. Again, four picks, one a pick six, is not too shabby for your defense. But they need everything from their offense because the defense puts them, unfortunately, in those predicaments. Now, special teams let them down as far as the kickoffs are concerned. A couple that were out of bounds, short kickoffs. They're returning them, getting shorter field position. But, yeah, this was one where you looked at it down 10 that second time and you wondered about it. Uh, Jarvo just hit me up, my partner with David Lotion on the broadcast, and he said they actually did have a 10-7 lead in in, uh, St. Louis against Missouri, but you never felt like that was Memphis's game and they blew the game. The only game that they've lost so far this year that they were in control was in the third quarter when they had a two-score lead over Tulane, and that one you could say, yeah, they blew it. Tulane came back and won it. You could look at it that way, but Memphis had a lead and blew it. Now Memphis has been able to come back to win games. Last-minute drive at North Texas. 10 points down with seven minutes to go to win at Charlotte. So, again, they're finding ways to win football games. Unfortunately, the defense has not been able to hold up its own end, especially later in the year and especially in second half of games. For whatever the reason is, they get worn down and the middle of that defense gets blown off the ball. By the way, eight turnovers in the game, each team with four turnovers. Seth Hennigan who after the game was very gracious with his time. We were talking to him. He said, listen, I, I know I'm not 100%, and I made some passes that I wish I had back that I will be better uh, down the road. I, I overthrew a couple of guys. One was an interception. But when he went down, you had Tevin Carter come off the bench. And of course, two weeks ago, Tevin Carter throws a pass that goes for 85 yards on a touchdown. Different situation here. Rolls around, throws a pass, it's picked off. So at that point, you go, you know, even though Tevin has a great future, the Tigers are dead if Seth Hennigan's not coming back. And he was able to come back into this game, go for 329 yards passing, 32 of 48, two touchdowns and a pick. And then again, Blake Watson, who also came back from injury, goes for 83 yards on 22 carries, two touchdown runs, including the game winner in overtime. 
So again, there'll be people that'll try to call in, text in, bellyache about how they won the game and that they almost lost. Now, if they had lost that game, sorry, carte blanche, open, open lines, do what you have to do. But they won the football game. They won the football game. SMU won their football game over North Texas quite easily, 45-21 on Friday night, which sets up this huge battle on Saturday. SMU leaving the conference. We're all jealous. Let's be honest. They're going to the ACC, and this is a chance for Memphis to pay them back and to be in a position to win at Temple, and then if they get help from Tulane, be in the conference championship game. So to rip apart this team doesn't make a lot of sense. But what we're talking about as far as the defensive lapses, that continues. That is unfortunately a part of what this team is all about. They are not blowing anybody out. They're having to battle down to the last second to get wins, and even more so in this particular game going overtime. But as long as they're coming out with the dubs, that's the difference between the team this year and last year. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that's the bottom line is winning. Um, it, it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't give a whole lot of hope. To me, for this weekend, because if if you're doing that against Charlotte, mm-hmm. SMU is. I mean, do you get you get four interceptions against Charlotte, like you should beat them by thirty. One being a pick six, right? Like that, that should even. There's no way that game should come down to overtime when you get four interceptions, right? Um, that offense just isn't good enough, and I mean they basically. It was all, it wasn't quite to the Michigan um, extreme, but they basically were saying like, "Hey, we're gonna run the football. Can you guys stop it?" And they couldn't stop it. Like that's, I don't know. It just that's. They probably should have ran it more. They probably should have done what Michigan did and literally not ever thrown the football. And I'm not sure that Memphis could have ever stopped them. Right. That's why I said why they finally realized stop throwing the ball except to the tight end. They had three tight ends and. Again, my motto in football is bootleg always works, tight ends are always open, and they were. He did not throw the ball or try to throw the ball to a wide receiver after that and mostly you know, just handed the ball off to Wilson, and Wilson did the damage. Yes, you're absolutely right. That's why SMU has been installed as an early line six-point favorite to win in Memphis. They haven't had a lot of success in winning games in Memphis, but it's understandable why Memphis is an underdog in this game. And you're right, SMU... They have at least a legitimate defense and an absolutely potent offense. I haven't seen the, the total number for the game, the over-under, but it's got to be in the 70s, I would think. And the only way you're beating this team, you're not, you're not slowing them down. You're not shutting them out. Uh, I don't mean literally, but you know, shutting them down. You've got to outscore them. And just because right now it looks like on paper that SMU is going to come in here and they're going to just absolutely drill the Tigers – doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. Again, that defense, which has been bad, at times finds ways to make plays. And they're going to have to make a lot of plays against SMU. This one is going to be, if this is not a shootout, then I have, I know nothing about football. I, I don't see any team, either team, slowing down the other team's offense. The question will be, can Memphis keep up? with the SMU offense because they're going to score. Lashley is going to have that team clicking on all cylinders. But I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, the Tigers can't win this football game and finish where they want to finish, where they expected to finish, 
where their goal was at the beginning of the year, and that's in the conference championship game. But again, they don't control their own destiny. They'll need some help from Tulane. Yeah, uh, obviously, um, with UTSA continuing to win as well, um, you know the, the Tigers are still in that position. And then, if they were to get the win against SMU and Tulane beats UTSA, it comes down to computer rankings. So, yeah, and don't ask me. Don't, <laughs> don't ask me about I, the computer. And I haven't rankings. looked at those computer rankings to determine. I don't have no idea where those teams fall right now in those various computer rankings. But if it is a three-way tie for second, and none of those teams are ranked. It'll come down to in the in the playoff rankings. It'll come down to computer rankings. We go we go back to the BCS days. Yeah, and on all those computers that used to be put together to determine the BCS rankings, they pick a few of them out of there, and they will use those to determine who would play Tulane in the championship game. Actually, it'd be Michael Resco's call. Michael Resco just ah, randomly picks a team. No, I, I, people. Well, he eliminates telling, SMU because they're leaving the conference, yes, and then yes. he decides between Memphis and UTSA. He, uh, people keep telling me that they believe, and I don't know how they've come up with the equation, but maybe they know a lot more than I do that it would be Memphis. But again, Tulane would have to beat UTSA, and that's not a given. Tulane, I don't know if they're just kind of sleepwalking the last couple of weeks, but they barely beat Tulsa who missed on a two-point conversion to tie the game to set it to overtime in New Orleans, I believe, on Saturday. And last week, barely beat East Carolina. So again, I don't know if they're just, eh, ho-hum, we're waiting for the conference championship game. But they haven't played real well. But as far as SMU, they have played well. And UTSA in the conference has played well. They have three losses in in non-conference play. But you have... The top of the American Conference, compared to the middle and the bottom, is so lopsided. The four teams we expected to be at the top are at the top. Tulane and UTSA and SMU and Memphis. They were expected to be the four best teams. They are the four best teams. You can't ask for more other than win the games against Tulane and and Mizzou, but you're in the position you wanted to be in at the beginning of the year. Now you have to find a way. Because I already know how Monday's show's going to go next week if they lose to SMU, right? They played teams with a pulse. Tulsa. I'm Excuse me. Tulane. They lost. Missouri. They lost. Everybody else they should have beaten. Okay. You're right. We talked about the conference before the season started. We talked about the opponents on this Memphis schedule. Memphis, you know, Boise State, they fired their coach over the weekend. Not as strong as Boise State's been in the past. But Memphis did win that game. You can only play the teams in front of you that are on your schedule. But yes, there will be a landslide if they can't get it done against SMU. That makes this game incredibly important. Not for the just for the season, really in Ryan's career. This is a big one. A big one on Saturday. Hopefully it will be a great crowd. The best crowd of the year. It's an early kickoff. I understand that. That doesn't help with the tailgaters. But 11 a.m. on Saturday. And like I said, SMU installed. We'll see if there's movement during the week, but installed as the early line six-point favorite over Memphis. Uh, I will say this, just looking at the first of the computer rankings that they use, Memphis is way ahead of SMU at Texas San Antonio. So so that person then knows what they're talking about and told me. And I believe them. I just said, I don't know. I don't want to deal with computers. I hate computers. In, in the Wolf ranking, they are 32, <laughs> SMU's 52, and UTSA is 68. So. The Wolf ranking? That is one of them. Go Wolf! I'm trying to find the others here, but I don't. These, this one doesn't go past the top 25, so i got to figure out how to get the, the rest of their rankings. Okay, but I'm sure that person had looked at this stuff. But again, you have it right there. 
in front of you. You're playing them at home. You have so much incentive to win this game, plus to throw in the fact that you unfortunately are stuck in the American Conference and they're leaving to go to the ACC because they bought their way in. You want to pummel these guys, but it's not going to be easy just to even beat these guys. They're really good. They had deep pockets, and they have deep pockets to spend money on their players. So this is going to look. We're going to we have a whole week to talk about SMU. But the bottom line is Memphis survived Charlotte. Got the win in overtime, 44-38. They beat the uh, fighting Pogies, and they now improved to 8-2, and 5-1 and one in the conference. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at everything else that's happened in the world of college football this weekend, including the SEC. As the teams at the top continue to be at the top, we will discuss that on the program. Barrett Salee a little bit later on in the show to talk college football, plus the firing of Jimbo Fisher. I mentioned uh, the Boise State coach, Andy Avalos, was also let go, and there could be a lot more movement on the horizon and maybe quicker than you usually see. And teams not waiting for the end of the season to make these type of moves. Later on in the program, we'll also talk NFL and plenty of basketball from the Memphis Tigers and their big win on Friday against Missouri and the Memphis Grizzlies. Town Village Audubon Park is senior living in today's world, located at 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue, offering more options to fit your needs more than ever before. All they ask is that you're a 55 years of age or older. So again, something you're looking for uh, your future or a loved one, certainly have a look at Town Village Audubon Park. They're dedicated to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. The phone number to call to set up a tour is 901-537-0002 or go online to townvillageaudubonpark.com. Independent living, short-term respite stay is available, even monthly options. Everything you need to continue to enjoy life to its fullest and all the modern amenities. Monthly rental with no buy-in. They got the apartments that are full with the kitchen, the washer, the dryer, all-inclusive resort-style dining, bi-weekly housekeeping, outpatient therapy, and then a great community social area featuring fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, on and on and on. All the amenities you want for yourself or for a loved one for their golden years. 55 or older, Town Village, Audubon Park, 901-537-0002 or online at townvillageaudubonpark.com. Yeah, there's another... The other the Billingsley ranking, they're also the Tigers are also first amongst those three. So, and when you consider the other two would lose a game between now and the end of the year, the Tigers wouldn't. I would guess that the Tigers would win the three way tiebreaker. I don't know. Peter Billingsley had a rating system for football. Peter Billingsley from the Christmas Story. You're tuned into Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So Friday, Jim Harbaugh was hit with a three-game suspension, already was in State College for Michigan's game against Penn State. They tried to get basically an injunction and have him – well, it didn't happen because the judge 
uh, wasn't going to have that hearing that quickly, so he didn't coach Michigan in Michigan's win at Penn State. This Friday, there'll be a hearing as he tries to be able to get on the field for the game against Maryland on Saturday. That was the news on Friday. And then yesterday, Texas A&M said, I'll, well, I'll take your Jim Harbaugh and I'll add a Jimbo Fisher firing during the season when we owe him $76 million. That one just blew the lid off everything, not only in college football, but really in sports in general. Everybody talking about it, everybody writing about it. $76 million owed to a college football coach, Jimbo Fisher, let go. Yeah, I, you know, that's, you know, people have always said, talked about like they're, they're you know, that buyout and whether that would be too much for Texas A&M to make the move. But Texas A&M, there is no, I, I don't know that there's a price tag high enough on anything to prevent Texas A&M from doing what they want to do. They have more money than they know what to do with. And it's a great gig if you can get it. $76 million to not work is, um, and it's an amazing, I mean, from Jimbo's side, like that contract where they gave him the extension a couple years ago after the, the good year that he had there, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just amazing the amount of money that he will end up having earned from Texas A&M and then the accomplishments with which that got them. <laughs> it's just, you talk about, he basically stole, he's basically stolen money from Texas A&M and just the idea of getting $76 million to not work is, that is the American dream, folks, right there. That is the true American dream to just be paid $76 million to go away. Friend of the show, Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M AD, former Ole Miss AD, had his presser last night and, and said, basically, we are stuck in neutral and we got to cut our ties right now, cut our losses. 45 and 25 was Jimbo Fisher in season number six at Texas A&M. Again, owed $76 million, has the national championship to his resume at Florida State. Just did not work out for Texas A&M. Now, it's weird. and I kind of understand how schools have to make moves now. They can't wait until the end of the season because not only is it the recruiting of the high school kids, the junior college kids, but now it's the transfer portal guys. you got to be in position. You have to know who that replacement is. I'm sure they have kind of an idea of which direction they want to go in, maybe even have a name or two that they've even discussed with. Who knows? But Texas A&M beat Mississippi State 51-10, to and then they fire the guy. Well, the decision had already been made. Right, but still. when they had, the board had met and made the decision. I know, but right before they're going to play Mississippi State, you know they're going to destroy Mississippi State. And then Boise State, uh, they fire Andy Avalos, a former player. So that was tough. Uh, Boise was just 5-5 five and five this year, but still in the hunt in the Mountain West. And they won 42-14 to 14 over New Mexico over the weekend. He was 22-14 and 14 in his tenure at Boise. They pulled the plug. Again, there's a lot of reasons why they're firing these coaches this early, but man, Jimbo Fisher and $76 million owed to him. Have they named the interim? Is it Petrino by any chance? No, it's not Petrino. Well, Um, it should be, for goodness sakes. And then you have a million names that have popped up for the Texas A&M job. What prominent name, what local name pops up right away, regional name? 
Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin quickly squashed that and said, I don't want to go down that road again. Defensive line coach Elijah Robinson. Elijah Robinson. But with the uh, more Eli's out there anyway, so that's good. Yeah, there you go. But with Auburn, when Auburn was open before they hired Hugh Freeze, which again I think is a great hiring, Lane Kiffin and that whole situation there that he was being talked about as the possible replacement. Stays at Ole Miss, likes it at Ole Miss. Now, of course, his name pops up prominently for AM, along with a bunch of other big names. That is a big time job where money is no object. Yeah, they, they again, and they were able to steal Jimbo Fisher away um, when they did that for Florida State. Like they, they could pay whatever they need to pay to try and get whoever they want to get. So, yeah, there it's. The, the world is available to them um, because everybody probably has a price tag. Texas A&M can match that price tag. In the meantime, on the field over the weekend, the teams at the top of the college football playoff standings all did their job to remain undefeated, and that includes Georgia, although not number one in the college football playoff rankings. They are number one in the AP poll, and they have been number one since 1947. They win again, and they blow out Ole Miss, 52-17. That's what I've been saying about Georgia when people say, well, they're they're not as good as the last two teams that won national championships. Well, for me, it seems like Georgia's kind of against a few opponents, going through the motions, and then when they want to step up, they could just turn it on at the drop of a hat, and they turned it on. The running game was absolutely incredible. You had... Kendall Milton going for 127 and two touchdowns. You had Dewan Edwards going for 59 and two touchdowns. And then Carson Beck was 18 to 25 for 306, two touchdowns and a pick. When the running game's going, it opens up things for the passing game. They got Brock Bowers back. Defense limits a high octane Ole Miss offense, the 17. Georgia, man, don't count them out for winning three straight because Georgia's right where they need to be. I don't think anybody's counting them out. I know, but <laughs> I, don't but I they, keep hearing they're not they, as good as the last two years. Well, they're not. I mean, Shut up. How do you know? Like those are How that, do you know? They haven't the lost. The entire defense is in the NFL. Like, they haven't lost. Uh, the, the, but this was an impressive showing. I, I did not see that kind of domination of Ole Miss coming. Um, and Ole Miss marched right down the field on the first drive, scores the touchdown. Oh, my God. This is – Yes. We're, we're in for a good one. And then it just – from that point on, I mean – 611 total yards like this this was this was the coming out party kind of for the Georgia offense now whether they can continue that and all that um but I don't it, this was an this was a statement there's no doubt that and I would assume I think this probably moves them to number one in the college football playoff rankings but we'll see uh, tomorrow night on that but this, this was a definite statement of hey we are still really, really good, and we deserve to be at the top of those rankings. I agree. It was a statement. And this is a, an improved Ole Miss defense under Pete Golding, and they took him behind the woodshed. And then you went Alabama, go into Kentucky, and clobber the Wildcats 49-21. Jalen Milrow, different player the last three weeks, four weeks, from what he was at the beginning of the year. He accounts for six touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. So we know already that the SEC championship game will pit Alabama and Georgia. I can't wait. The way Alabama's playing right now, I'm not saying they're going to win that game. I still think Georgia wins. But now, with what they have done recently, this could be epic. 
Yeah, Alabama certainly looks way better because Jalen Milrow looks way better than where they were early in the year when they took the Texas loss. Um, Amazing what a quarterback we'll, will do for you. We'll see um, what how that plays out um, in that championship game against a very good Georgia team. Who again, looks like they they have turned it up a notch. But yeah, it could end up being a uh, a great matchup. That if Alabama were to win, then that could shake things completely up as far as the playoff is concerned. Tennessee will play Georgia this week. Georgia's a 10-point favorite. I don't know why they're only a 10-point favorite, because Tennessee looked like snot. They went to Columbia, Missouri. They lost to a very good Mizzou team, 36-7. I know Memphis Tigers fans are saying, man, we played them a lot closer than Tennessee did. Cody Schrader, 205 yards rushing. He was shredding the Tennessee defense. 35 carries, a touchdown as well for Cody Schrader. 36-7. 36-7. What has happened to Tennessee? Uh, well, they're I mean, they're just not that good, especially if they don't run the ball. But, I mean, Schrader, you, you forgot the 116 receiving as well. I yeah, mean, it's true. The dude's a walk-on. Transfer from a Division II school, walks on at Missouri, and the dude against Tennessee goes for 321 total yards. But the funny thing is, we've been talking about how bad the Memphis defense has been. They bottled that guy up for three quarters in the Dome. Now, he got a little bit loose in the fourth quarter. They wore him down, that big Mizzou offensive line. But they did a pretty good job on him. This guy went wild against Tennessee. Yeah, and he had 100 over, was over 100 last week against Georgia. Goes for the 200 here against Tennessee. He's he's, He's having an incredible year. Auburn, what they did to Arkansas, and they could have did more. Now I wonder, after Arkansas got the win last week, losing at home like they did to Auburn. Auburn's a season away. Wait till Hugh gets his guys. They're going to be an, uh, they'll be yet another force in the SEC, and they've been a force in the past, obviously. But Arkansas got throttled, so I don't know. I, I know there's the big buyout, but you saw what happened in College Station with a huge buyout, a record buyout. I don't know about Pittman. Forty-eight to ten. It was forty-eight to. Was it forty-eight to seven or forty-eight to three in the middle of the third quarter? I saw that score. I was looking at scores on, on my way back from uh, Charlotte. What? Yeah, Arkansas. I don't. It's. Yeah, I. It's games like that are not good for a head coach. You know, you, you have to earn a little good favor to turn around and give all that back. Um. Their offense is just, I has done nothing for the most part here late in the season. It doesn't look good for Pittman. I don't. I, I have no idea what way it will go. I, I could very well see him being fired. I could also see it where, basically, they give him another year because of the buyout. Make some more. You know, he's already made the the offensive coordinator change. Make a bunch of staff changes and see if things can turn around for next year um, and he goes into next year in an extremely hot seat. South Carolina buried Vanderbilt 47-6 to and then LSU outscored Florida 52-35. Jaden Daniels very much in the Heisman race. 606 total yards and five total touchdowns for Daniels. That That is like I... Those numbers are video game numbers, man. You don't throw for over 350 yards and rush for over 200 yards in a game. I, I don't even like that's that's like 
insane. I mean, hell, Johnny Manziel didn't do that. So, like, those guys didn't. Dudes who did put up, had, like, historic seasons didn't do that stuff. Cam Newton didn't do that stuff. Like, I, that is, that's crazy. I know you talked about Billy Napier before the before the season started and predicted him being fired. I don't think he will be. But that, to me, is a fireable offense. I mean, to give up that many points, that defense, Florida... Florida's an embarrassment defensively. They really are. And then offensively, they scored 35. So that's, you know, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good production. But to give up 52, to give up 606 total yards to their quarterback, I don't care how good he is. This is Florida. Florida's got some pride. So I don't know if Napier gets fired, but I do know this. Our talk about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, not possibly having an SEC representative looks even more like reality because, again, Florida, Arkansas, they're all losing. Mississippi State, they're all losing. Interesting, I I think he had nothing else to do, but uh, the director, the executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, Steve Earhart, at the Memphis game, at the Memphis-Charlotte game. He has a lot of friends, though, so he probably had a Saturday off, but... Well, they, talked I mean, they, about it. they go to the American. That's if they don't have an SEC team, the, the the contract calls for them to go to the American for their team. Right, but where where do they want to go in the American? They want to go to Memphis. Well, yeah, <laughs> and so I don't think there's any there's any question that that is a possibility. What was it six years ago? that Memphis played in that game. I don't know what somewhere in that neighborhood. Was. Yeah, maybe six years ago. But that is that is a possibility. Again, it does not look like these SEC teams that are kind of on the bowl bubble are going to make it. We're talking about Florida, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State. I think still they're all technically alive. And then, you know, Vanderbilt, obviously they're done. So that's it. Already the other nine have clinched spots, but the SEC has so many connections to bowls. And then you have the playoff, you have the New Year's six games, and there's going to be a lot involved. Do you think, is it possible for the SEC to get Three in the New Year's Six plus one in the playoff? Missouri, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama, and then get Georgia, you know, assuming that Georgia beats Alabama in the playoff. I would I wouldn't expect that it's possible, overload? I guess. Maybe but overload? I don't, I don't I don't expect that would happen. Okay. But again, that's a that's a possibility as we've uh, talked in the past here, the last week or so, and we'll continue to talk until we find out who exactly will play in uh, our bowl game here. Uh, in Memphis. We do have uh, a few texts that we will get to coming up. Uh, Of course, we'll get to the Tiger basketball, Grizzlies, all of that stuff as well coming up in hour number two of the program. But we do, if you want to text in on the college football, including the Tigers or the SEC, you can do that. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. That is the Sports 56 listener line, which you could text or call in. This hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, located at the corner of White Station and and a quince. Last night, I was doing some more cooking on my Big Green Egg, which I got from East Memphis Ace Hardware. They are a platinum dealer with a Big Green Egg, which means they got all the different eggs. They've got all the different egg accessories, everything you need over there at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Plus, of course, everything else that you need for any of those DIY projects around the house. Maybe you're doing some painting, anything else, any kind of stuff that you need to get done. They've got your supplies and they got a great staff to help you find exactly what it is that you need. Would you go see them at East Memphis Ace Ace Hardware, get in the corner of White Station and Quince. Just underway, Hour 1, Sports 56 mornings on this Monday, November 13th, right here on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket. Of course, Saturday was Veterans Day and... uh, Ran into a few veterans who are Memphis Tigers supporters. Uh, you know John Stacy's name. He's been a big supporter for years and years. He was at the game uh, in Charlotte. And he uh, asked me if I would pass along on the radio show uh, their VA hospital program. What it is is that you could purchase a Tigers ticket, football ticket, uh, for the game on Saturday against SMU, final home game of the season. And then transfer that ticket to the VA hospital program for one of their veterans to use to come to the game. They started the program back in 2015. They've sent a couple thousand vets to games since. The program has helped with PTSD, rehab, and even homeless veterans. So if you want to do that, if you want to buy a ticket to the game on Saturday for a veteran at the Memphis VA Hospital, just call Wesley, who's the ticket manager over at the University of Memphis, 901 678 1740. I'm sure you could stop by as well. You could also donate tickets that aren't going to use by transferring them uh, to John Stacy's account. That's J Stacy, J Stacy1959 at gmail.com. Help the veterans, let them get out and watch some Memphis football. Enjoy a Saturday afternoon over at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Uh, some text here in the Sports 56 listener line. Our buddy John up in Covington says, Great football Saturday. Memphis Tigers win. Alabama clinched the West. Kiffin was uh, blown out. And the Missouri Tigers beat the Vols. I could see a lot of people that would he has his priorities. like that combination mm-hmm. of things uh, happening. Drew says, The only difference in this year's team and last year's is the opponents are worse. Uh, they would have easily lost the Charlotte and North Texas game if they were playing UCF and Houston instead. It's the same Silverfield coach team. We will get exposed this weekend. Hmm. I mean, it's not a crazy take. Okay. I would disagree. I think they're a better team, but Texas next Monday after that SMU game because you'll have a platform right here on this show. To, uh, to talk about that because that is, you know, it's an interesting comparison. Uh, another texter says, Charlotte is clicking and playing much, much better at the end of the first year with a new coach. They will be a top team next few years on the eastern side of the conference. Tigers found a way to win again, but man, I'd like to see that defense step up this week. There's no eastern side of the conference. It's There's no divisions. Uh, he's right about Charlotte. They've played better. They do have actually pretty deep pockets with their NIL so they can spend money. He's gotten a lot of different... 70 new players. It's mini Colorado. uh, Basically overhauled that program. Here's the thing. We have seen in the last several weeks, East Carolina play Tulane tough. We saw Tulsa take uh, Tulane down to the wire. We saw Charlotte uh, play Memphis into overtime. There are some teams at are, that are at the bottom that will get better. There's no question about it that it will tighten up. But if you're a Memphis fan, certainly you expect the Tigers to be at that top of the list with UTSA and with SMU's gone. UTSA and who am I missing? Tulane. 
Yeah. The okay, let's let's be honest here. Like, okay, Charlotte's won a couple of games here, but it's it's a walk on quarterback who threw four interceptions and a fifth string running back who had one career carry. Yeah, in this particular well, game, it shouldn't have come a, down to the let's wire. Let's not act like, oh man, this is nothing wrong with this. Charlotte, oh, oh, I'm not saying that. Charlotte's clicking, man. This is a this team's going to be good. Like, come on. Like, I'm the, not saying that. That's the texture. But what I'm saying is they have the NIL money. They're going to add twelve thousand seats to their stadium. It's a you know cute little on campus stadium, but they have the resources financially to attract players in this NIL world. Uh, another texter says, keep it simple. If the SEC doesn't have enough teams for the Liberty Bowl, put Memphis in. It may, may very well happen. But it goes back to the last time we had it. Like, for Memphis, is that truly a reward for the players, which really all bowls are? I think it to, sucks. To stay in your hometown <laughs> and play in your home stadium in a bowl game. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, if I'm the if I'm a Memphis player, I don't want to play in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Sorry. We do that each we do that every week. I'm the sideline reporter. I would want to go to Fenway or go down to Tampa. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to our local bowl, but my gosh, if you're living in the city, no, that's not where you want to go. It's like Navy playing in the uh the one in what is it, the military? Is that the one in Annapolis? Playing in your home stadium? No, it's not that fun. Come on, let's be honest here. Uh, Reggie says, "What happened to Tennessee? They have no accurate quarterback." Yeah, and for Tennessee, I don't. At this point, I don't know why you wouldn't go to Nico Suave the rest of the way. Like, yes. What, what, what are you doing with Joe Milton right now? Like, what's the? You're not going anywhere, obviously. So why would you not get Nico in there, get him experience and? Get him ready for next year. Like there's, do you throw Nico no to the reason. dogs on Saturday against Georgia? Yeah, I mean, I why not? You don't want to get him killed. The last game, oh, who do they play? Who do they play after Georgia? I don't believe they've killed a quarterback yet. <laughs> they may. Um, who do they play after Georgia? Vanderbilt. Uh, who do they have left? What do they got? Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah, throw Nico in for Vanderbilt. Um. I'm surprised he did. I don't know why they didn't go to him against Missouri. Um, yeah, I agree. Brad Texan says, um, Jimbo being fired surprised. I'm hoping Pittman is not after a disaster in Fayetteville and not qualifying for a bowl. Brad is an Arkansas fan, so there's an Arkansas fan that doesn't want Pittman fired. Um, we all love him. He also says, Clippers now 0-4 with the four big four playing together. Technically 0-5 since the trade. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a whole other thing we'll get into when we get into the Grizzlies. But that, that Clippers thing is not, uh, surprisingly enough, not working out well with James Harden. Who, who would have ever guessed it? I got a text uh, that says it's a big payday for the school against a Big 12 opponent. So that's why you like that game. But I think if you ask the players, every single player, like you said, would they want to stay home and play I understand from a school's perspective, because yes, it's a much when you don't have the expenses right. of the travel and everything else from the school and program perspective, it makes sense. My thing is bowls are really just a reward for the players mm-hmm. other than the playoff. That's all they are. If I'm a player, I would be like, and I, I've seen this locker room. <laughs> we, uh, the, the beaches in Memphis, not beautiful this time of year. Like I'm, I don't, I don't want to play another game in my home stadium as my <laughs> final thing. Like if you're a senior, you're like, cool, we get a bowl game my senior year. Where'd you go? Uh, we played in our home stadium. <laughs> we we went nowhere. <laughs> we 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 did not we did nothing. 
Uh, we went. We got to go to the Bass Pro Shops <laughs> and play in our home stadium. Right. What it's did, great so, for the. Can't you go to Bass Pro teams. Shops anywhere? Yeah, anytime. Yes, I can. I can yeah. go to Bass Pro yes. Shops anytime I want. To go to these events that are associated with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl for visiting teams from out of the area is fantastic. They do an unbelievable job. This is not a knock on our bowl. This bowl is one of the oldest bowls. They do an unbelievable job. But again, really. What player would want to stay and play at home? I don't think there's one player. Yeah, it, it, this isn't just a Memphis thing. It'd be like that. Any, any, if I'm a player at any team that hosts a bowl game, I don't want to play in that bowl game. <laughs> like, Show just, me. I want to go Florida. somewhere. I want to go somewhere. Ding, ding. Like that's the part of the whole deal. Yes. You get a week or whatever away and have a good time. And fans want that as well. Fans don't want to just sit at home, like and go to their homes. Hey, our seventh game at the stadium this year, rather than just six. So no, it's it's it. I don't it, again from a school perspective makes complete sense. From a player perspective, it would suck in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Raider Corey texts in, says, another fabulous sports weekend. My team's culminating with a tough Ra- uh, Raiders win last night. Tigers basketball, Tigers football, and the Grizzlies grind out unexpected road wins. Also, wife and I met some more new wonderful friends up at East Coast Wings. Yeah, I got to see Raider Corey and his lovely wife up at East Coast Wings on Friday night. Uh, they were there to watch the Tigers and the Grizzlies as well. Of course, all of the games are always on at East Coast Wings and Grill with plenty of TVs while enjoying great food. I know uh, Raider Corey's wife they had the uh, Philly cheesesteak flatbread that I talk about all the time. Absolutely loved it. Of course, you can have the wings, 60 flavors of wings to choose from, including some new flavors that they've added to the menu. But those flatbreads are outstanding. Burgers, sandwiches, salads, all kinds of great stuff on the menu. 24 draft beers on tap, all the other drinks you want, plus a great staff and great people, just a great atmosphere to go up there and watch the games. East Coast Wings and Grill, located on Kate Hyde Boulevard. That's right between Lowe's and Walmart off of Highway 64. For all of the action, go check them out at East Coast Wings and Grill. Ross Dellinger reporting that Mississippi State is firing coach Zach Arnett. More details when we return for Hour 2. And I promise we're going to talk Tigers basketball after that uh, epic comeback on Friday night at Missouri. And the NBA, of course. The Memphis Grizzlies finally get off the schneid, get a win in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that when we return. Hour 2 on the way. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 